Hello and welcome back to Two Lost. I'm Bailey and I'm Mary and today's episode is a little different. We're going to have a special guest and I'm going to actually let you guys try to guess who it might be. So I'll give you three clues. The first one is that she is a cat lover through and through, loves cats, loves anything cat printed. Um, Second hint is that her middle name is actually my first name. And the third clue is that she is allergic to bees, deathly allergic to bees. Who could it be? Mm. Who could it be? So we're going to go quick cut to a break right here. And when I come back, I'll bring her on in. All right, we're back from our break, and let's go ahead and bring in our guest. <laughs> Here she comes. <laughs> um, if you guessed correctly, our guest for today is the one, the only, Mary Youngblood. Thanks so much for having me here in the studio today, Bill. Studio in Murcia, Spain, live. The official studio of my bedroom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. I had to move my chair back. That's okay. We sorry, can... I need to adjust. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, so coming to you live from the studio in Murcia, Spain, Mary is still here with us. She was here with us for about a week, five days to a week, mm-hmm. and she's leaving today, so we're sad about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been a great time here. Had so much fun, and I will definitely be back again soon, hopefully with my same policeman escort, um, yeah. <laughs> as long as I don't get arrested tonight when he takes me back. <laughs> I think Updates on that later. You guys are friends now. I think you're okay. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, but before we get into this, we wanted to do our normal Google quote of the day, which Mary has mm-hmm. a really good one today for this episode. Yes, I think it's so serendipitous that this was my quote today. It says, so many of our dreams at first seem impossible, then they seem improbable, and then when we summon the will, they soon become inevitable. Yeah. Also, (laughs) we just have to say, if you hear any weird background noises, it's because the apartment um, outside of Bailey's window, the courtyard, picks up a lot of sound from all the other people living here, so. Yeah, it seems like they're always doing laundry like every hour of the day at all times. <laughs> Bill just did a really nice impersonation of their, their washing machine when it's finished washing. It plays a song that is, no joke, at least 30 seconds to a minute long. It just keeps going on. <laughs> like most washing machines would be like, do-do-do-do-do. This one is like a whole song. <laughs> so maybe you'll, you know, yeah. have the opportunity to listen to that today. I I missed that, honestly. That <laughs> While we're recording. That's mm-hmm. living here. Yes. All right. Well, Without further ado, should we get into it? Yeah. Let's get down on it. All right. Get down <laughs> on it. Damn, damn. <laughs> okay. So first question, I guess just to start things off, tell us when you moved to Australia, what part you moved to, kind of give us some, some background details about that. Okay. Yeah. So I just turned 27 oh that's so crazy the other day mm-hmm. a few days, days ago, ago. Mm-hmm. and a few days ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> a few days ago and I think I had just turned 23 um I moved in October I want to say of 2016 
So I went over to Sydney, Australia, and I was there for seven months time in Sydney. Hmm, perfect. And what led you to choose Australia to move to? Like what prompted that choice? Why did you choose Australia out of everywhere else you could have gone? Yeah, honestly, that's such a good question because it's not like Australia was at the top top of my bucket list of places I wanted to visit, but I feel like there's so much background that I could give to this too. And I guess one thing I could say is that when I was 23, like everything in my life looked perfect on paper. I mean, I had a, a decent job. I was working at this website, Mashable, enjoying my job. I loved my coworkers. Um, I felt fairly satisfied with that. Um, but I was living in Sherman Oaks at the time. And so my commute to work was about an hour, hour and 15 in the morning, an hour and 15 at home at night. So spending at least two hours in the car in LA traffic, which if you've experienced that, you know that it is soul crushing to spend Mm -hmm. so many hours just staring at the back of cars on your way home. And I had a boyfriend, my boyfriend since college. Um, So things were good, but I just felt like when I really let my mind wander, because I, I don't know, I feel like you're the same where we're daydreamers. We Mm -hmm. think a lot about the future, what things could be. And I realized that I just wasn't happy. Like I did not want to be stuck in LA traffic. I didn't want to be working at a desk five days a week. I was always daydreaming of going different places and traveling. And so I had a friend that had gone to Australia and lived there for, I think, about 10 months, maybe, under the working holiday visa. So I started looking into it, and then I thought, hmm, what if I actually just do this also? How can I make that happen? And I did a ton of research on it, and then slowly but surely kind of pulled it together and made a plan and just committed myself to going there, whether it meant quitting my job or not. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so crazy. Um, What was the time frame between when you decided you're going to go and kind of like getting this plan together to when you actually left? Do you Um, remember that? I think I had started thinking about this maybe in January earlier that year and started talking to friends about it. (laughs) I remember telling my parents too, which (laughs) they're, (laughs) they're so used to this now Mm -hmm. but you know it might have been before that it might have been around the holidays and I just told them yeah I want to move to Australia I think I'm going to do it (laughs) that's so cool and then them being like what do you mean (laughs) but also very supportive I think maybe a lot of people friends and stuff didn't weren't quite sure if I was actually going to do it because Mm -hmm. it maybe seemed like out of character for me because I had just been so settled in my life already Mm -hmm. and what I was doing but to me it wasn't a surprise because I've always had these desires to travel and go places um but yeah so I think it must have come up around the holidays and then I knew for sure by July maybe I had fully committed and that was when I was just working out all of the kinks of how how I was going to get there. I had to buy my flight and I had to figure out if I would be working for my company or having to quit my job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the next question I actually have is the whole work thing. So, I mean, obviously I know the story, but Mm -hmm. tell the other people how, how all of that happened with your job and how you were actually able to do this. Yeah. 23 year old me was bold. I will say, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she should have been as bold, but it did, it did work out because yeah, 
because it at the company I worked for, they had an office in Sydney and I worked in marketing. And so I worked closely with the salespeople and we had one sales guy in the Sydney office and we in LA were the closest with the time difference. So we were always doing, we had to put together PowerPoints and help him with materials. And so with the time difference, it was kind of difficult to do that. So recognizing that at the same time as being like, wow, I, I could go to Australia on this visa. I basically presented it to my boss who is such an amazing and such a generous person and a great mentor that she was really excited for me and like, I think really impressed by the idea. So she helped bring it up the ladder and get the approvals that I needed, although it took some time. So I said, I will go there and help the sales guy to alleviate all of our time being spent in LA working on that. So I'll be actually in his time zone. I can help it. So I presented it like that. And at first my work told me no. And they said, oh, I don't think so. And so I said, <laughs> I said, okay, well then this will be my last day. I'll put in my two weeks on this day and then I'm going anyways. <laughs> I love that. I think, that's, so bold. <laughs> I think that's what really scared my parents or my dad at least. Cause he was like, so you're going to quit your job and you're just going to go and not have a job. And I just said, yeah, I can figure it out. I'll find something there. I love that. Um, I don't know what I would have done. But basically, the day before I was going to turn in my two weeks, they said, okay, never mind. You can go. Um, we'll allow you to work remotely there, but we only want it to be about six months. So if you can come back after that. And I said, okay, fine. Deal. That's amazing. It just shows that going after the thing that you really want will always work off, work out in the end. As long as you're passionate about it, you're committed to it, you're always going to find a way to make it work. So I think that's a perfect mm-hmm. perfect example of that. And yeah, just sticking to your, your goal, your dream, not letting like society's influence on you stop you from doing what you really wanted. And it worked out perfectly that you were able to still keep your job and work remotely there. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also a good reminder for other people who are thinking you know, they're having their minds that they can't do something like this because of their job or they, they feel mm-hmm. stuck in their life. Like, oh, I could never do that because of this. Just getting creative and thinking outside of the box like you did mm-hmm. and thinking about, okay, how could I make this work? If this is truly something you're really passionate about doing, I think anyone can do it. You just have to work work out the kinks, you know, work your way around the situation to make it happen. Yes, exactly. I think there's always options of how to make something work if you want it bad enough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just have to commit yourself to it and take the bold leap. I potentially wouldn't have had a job, and but I knew that it was going to be fine and I was going to find a job there no right. matter what. So if you want something, you can make it happen. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, good, okay, so then moving on to the next question. What was it like when you actually got to Australia? So walk us through the process of like finding an apartment there, making friends, meeting people. <laughs> How did you get into that? Because I know here with Spain, it's like you kind of go into a situation where we're all starting our job at the same time. So you meet other teachers, other English teachers, and it's kind of like you automatically have this community. But obviously mm-hmm. you were moving to Australia on your own and kind of just joining the society. So how did you do that? And then finding an apartment, did you look before you went and try to set something up or mm-hmm. how did that all of that work? Yeah, I think that was another um, bold move on my part was that I moved to a country without ever having visited there mm-hmm. and didn't know, basically didn't know anyone 
on the, in the whole country. And so I will never forget the moment of stepping out of the airport with my giant suitcases and just being like, okay, now what? And I had to find a taxi and flagged one down. I didn't have service on my phone yet because I had to go get a SIM card. And so I remember being like, wow, I'm completely alone and mm -hmm. everything is completely up to me, like what I'm gonna do. And it was the coolest, most freeing feeling. Like also scary, but at the same time, like none of me was sad to leave. I wasn't, I was nervous, but mostly excited. I just was up for the challenge and I knew with every bone in me that it was the right thing I was doing. It's like, oh, I can't wait. So I got in my taxi and I went to an Airbnb. I booked mm -hmm. an Airbnb for one week and thought, okay, I'll do apartment hunting and if I have to extend it, no problem. Just start off with the one week. And my Airbnb host was super cool guy and walked me around the neighborhood and showed me, here's so the grocery nice. store. Yeah, super friendly. So immediately it was, it was off to a good start with that. And then step one, I guess, after that was to try and get familiarize myself with the city and maybe start to make some friends. So I signed up for a free walking tour, mm -hmm. which we love we those. A yes. <laughs> First step to any city, whether you're visiting or moving there, uh -huh. free walking tour. Yes. So I did that on day two and I actually did meet some people on that, but the I became friends with this guy, a guy named Guy, actually. <laughs> guy, I hope you're doing well. <laughs> but he had been living in Australia and he was leaving, I think, in the next week. So he was kind of a temporary friend, but I still had someone to hang out with at the mm -hmm. beginning. And we went out after the walking tour, him and these other two guys I met and just had such a good time I met this girl on the walk we exchanged phone numbers so I think when like we've said in the past episodes when you're alone it's so much easier to mm -hmm. meet other people it definitely is because you're just open and kind of looking for, for yeah it's like all the solo travelers are kind of looking to connect with other solo travelers a lot of the time mm -hmm. so much easier to meet people who are also alone compared to when we travel together we're not as likely to go out of our way which we we do a lot of the time and we want to get better at doing that but that's yeah. so true yeah exactly and then I think immediately after that I also started looking for apartments so I was just searching everything online and going oh my god I looked at some apartments that were so bad and so I will <laughs> never forget this one that I moved into no that I didn't move into I looked at and it had it was just really creepy and dark and dingy mm. and I think I don't know what they were doing in that house but I just remember leaving with the EVGBs and being no. like I cannot live there <laughs> but I found this really great apartment on Facebook and I moved into Bondi because I was kind of looking at different neighborhoods and my coworker, the sales guy I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. was super helpful and helped um, when I eventually had to move into a second Airbnb the second week because I hadn't found an apartment. He helped move my suitcases Aww, and he so became nice. another friend. Yeah. yeah. And then he was recommending areas to me. So it was really helpful to have a local's perspective on here's some different neighborhoods you might really like. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah, and so he recommended Bondi, and so I found this really cool apartment there, and I met the girl that was living there, loved her off the bat, um, and so I moved in there and just started to get settled. And friends, that was the next step. So <laughs> shortly after, it, I realized, okay, yeah, I definitely need to make some friends in this because working remotely 
it, I'm not gonna, you know, have coworkers as friends. Right. Besides yeah, my that's one another coworker. challenge. Not only moving to a new country, but mm-hmm. working remotely. It's not like you're going to an office meeting people. Mm-hmm. Well, you said you did have an office. You went to once. Yeah, once I think I went while? to twice, two ah, okay. or three times. So I I met the people there. So mm-hmm. that was great having them. Um, but I wanted people that lived a little closer to me that I could hang out with. So I did this thing called Meetups.com. I think it's called Meetup or Meetups.com. Um, which you've heard of too, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. actually signed up for the group for the Alicante one because when I first came back to Spain this year, I thought I was going to potentially be living in Alicante. So I wanted to kind of, they, it's really cool. They have lots of different groups on there. I think I signed up for like a yoga group and a hiking group and stuff. They have lots yeah. of different, you kind of like join by interest, right? Right. They have a, and honestly, anything on there, the most random things, like mm-hmm. very specific hobbies that you might Underwater have. Underwater basket weaving. <laughs> yeah. There's a group for that. Or the ones that I joined were, I think it was girls in Sydney from 21 to 35 or mm-hmm. something. And so they would organize stuff and say, oh, we're meeting at this pub tonight for drinks at this time. Come and meet everyone. And so obviously a lot of the people in that are expats as well. They're not Mm -hmm. from Australia. But I think on the very first night of going to a meetup is when I met all the girls that I was then friends with for the whole rest of my time there. And and still really good friends Mm -hmm. with. So pretty amazing. It was definitely an intimidating thing to walk into a pub alone and go meet people. I think you do have to have some level of um being outgoing yeah definitely I would imagine yeah but even as myself I I feel like I I am outgoing but I can be shy at first but I just knew like this is what I need to do if I want to make friends and Mm -hmm. they worked out so well that's great I love that story that's so cool that you did that Mm -hmm. I definitely agree it's like kind of like jumping in the water head first and hoping Mm -hmm. everything works out for the best but yeah yeah that's awesome that you did that and very brave it definitely takes a lot of bravery just to move not only move to a new country but walking into a pub by yourself hoping to meet friends yeah is hard for anyone even if you are extroverted I think it's kind of like intimidating at first yeah Um, it is and I also want to say that when you are moving somewhere I feel like people will always they always have some sort of connection. They'll say, oh, I know so-and-so, and he or she lives in this city. Mm-hmm. And so people have been really helpful, too, about connecting me. And you have to take the chance and go meet those people that a friend of a friend knows. Yeah. And it's really <laughs> random, but that worked out for me really well there, too. I met some really amazing people that were friends of friends or a brother of a coworker. Mm-hmm. You just have to take the chance, and, and you'll meet people. That's yeah. so cool. I love that. Um, okay, my next question is, because you said you were living in the Bondi area, which mm-hmm. I know some people um, might not know, like, Australia in terms of prices and stuff, so mm. can you tell me how expensive was it to live there compared to United States? Because I know before you were living in, um, close to LA, in, mm-hmm. in Sherman Oaks, Sherman yeah. Oaks, yeah, so mm-hmm. obviously that's a little bit more of an expensive place in the United States to live in, mm-hmm. but what were the costs like related to that with everything as like, as in apartments and going out? Mm-hmm. So how did you find that adjusting to that? Was it more expensive, less expensive, same? Yeah, that's a good question because Australia, if you visit, you will have sticker shock, I think, looking at the mm-hmm. prices of everything. Um, for example, in, so when I was living in my apartment in Sherman Oaks, I think I was paying 850 for my room and bathroom which is actually a really good price 
for LA. Like, yeah, <laughs> which is so ridiculous now that we're used to Spanish prices. Right? What do you mean? I have 200 that euros a month. <laughs> but it's also Sherman Oaks, which is not, you know, in the heart of LA. It's you have to sit in traffic if you mm-hmm. want to get anywhere right. like Santa Monica and stuff. Um, but in Sydney or in Australia, they pay per week. Interesting. Which maybe actually the UK does that too. I don't remember. Um, but basically when you look at the prices there, my apartment, I believe was 300 Australian dollars per week. So ah. 1200 Australian dollars per month, which is what about what in US, which let's see what I'll, I'll look what it is now, but, um, I think that at the time the US dollar was really strong. Okay, so 1200 Australian dollars today is 784 USD. Okay. So it's actually really reasonable. The US dollar is is strong and so when I went there and was still being paid from the US, mm-hmm. then I would always look at the prices of things and know that in USD it was less than that. Right. So I didn't have as much of an issue with the sticker shock, but uh-huh. I know a lot of people are surprised when, when right that would that. be shocking yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely yeah okay well that's good and then like going out for drinks and dinner was it around the same price as the united states would you say or i think in sydney it's very comparable to la prices okay. going out for drinks and going out to eat mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right good to know um next question what was the biggest culture shock you experienced when moving there was there anything like that when you moved there, you kind of weren't expecting and it surprised you or something that was just kind of you had to get used to or was really different from the United States? Mm, Okay. Yeah, that's, I think, especially coming from LA where public transport isn't really a thing. Sydney, (laughs) yeah, if you can hear, I think maybe the neighbor's doing (laughs) their laundry again. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'll shut that, sorry. Yeah, I think... One difference I noticed, and obviously this is just my experience com- coming from living in LA versus Sydney, there aren't a ton of cultural differences, but they definitely walk places a lot more, which maybe that is just the area of LA is difficult to walk from mm-hmm. one place to the next. And they use public transport. Um, and I also felt like people maximize their time outside a lot more. And that might have been a Sydney thing, especially because it's such a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for Bailey to visit it because I, I know you really want it. to go. Mary tells me all the time about it, and I cannot wait for that day. I'm excited. Yeah. Hopefully soon in the future, but you never know. Yeah, we'll see. But Sydney is made for you because it's surrounded by water, and there's beautiful beaches. You can buy so many amazing smoothie bowls. <laughs> I've had the best bowls. smoothie bowls there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and wow, sorry, I got sidetracked with <laughs> thinking about that. But one thing I noticed is that I think people had a better work-life balance there than mm-hmm. in LA. Like we spend a lot of time in our cars and I don't think that we get outside and get to go enjoy the beaches and spend our weekends walking next to the beach or going for a hike. Right. Yeah, so that was one yeah. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. do you think that that's something that you found with a lot of places Um outside of the US because I think that's something that living in Europe I've come to realize more about the United States is how much we work there how much people Mm -hmm. it's almost like um especially here living in Spain I think the people here they work to live Mm -hmm. and 
in the United States, you could almost say sometimes we live to work. Mm-hmm. Obviously not all the time, but I think there especially is just work all the time. You have a lot of times you are working on stuff on the weekends. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? Would you say that that's generally true or just in Australia you found that in Spain? Yeah, I think maybe Australia has a bit of that as mm-hmm. well with the U.S., but I think Europe especially... Maybe minus London. I don't know. Right, London, I could see another one because you, yeah. I, I don't know, maybe it's just like in the more expensive places, you obviously right. have to work more to be able to afford to live there. So London is expensive. Sydney is a little bit more on the pricier side and compared, right. or compared to other places in the world to live in. Yeah. So. But I do feel like Sydney had a better balance of it as well. And I think we definitely here in Spain have a great balance of it. And What's so interesting to learn about is all of the the benefits that other countries have, um, like work-wise, mm-hmm. versus the U.S. For instance, I think Australia gets 25 days minimum That's of holiday time. That's crazy. I can't... Yeah, which coming from the U.S., we can't even fathom that. No, because you said you were working before, and how many days did you have, did you say? I think when I first started, we had 15 days. Okay. And that's that's fairly standard. Yeah, that's true. I think I've heard of some people having like eight days or something. Yeah. I had a friend that had three. That's incredible. What do you even do with that? That's... I don't even know. Yeah, where do you go? (laughs) You can't go anywhere. You're on the 405. You like half of it. Um, And I think paternal and uh maternity leave Mm -hmm. paternity and maternity leave are better in australia and also in most places in europe and so yeah that's that's super interesting to learn about and it makes you question life in the u.s a lot more Mm -hmm. right it does like we we do a lot of comparing we're like huh yeah which is so interesting because i don't think i realized that about the united states until living in europe moving away Mm -hmm. from it and then you start to look at your home place and you're like wow we do that very different that's interesting Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't so yeah 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 so you would say overall culture shock was the work-life balance and public transportation, did you say? Yeah, I think those were the biggest things. And I noticed that they love to drink on Sundays. <laughs> they do this thing called Sunday Sesh. Oh, yeah, which... I have heard of that. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. So that was a really good time for sure, but I didn't know. I mean, I was lucky working remote. Right. But otherwise, if I had to go into an office on Monday, I think the Sunday Sesh would really mess me up in right. Australia. <laughs> yeah, how did they do that? Wow. It's oh, a mystery, yeah. Interesting. Australians are just trained, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one more thing is that I noticed everything was a lot cleaner. Ah. And they seem to really enjoy recycling and taking care of their surroundings. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, moving on to the next question. What was the coolest place you visited while you were there? So coolest or favorite? I know that's hard because you visited so many good places, but I know you also went to New Zealand when you were there. So you can talk a little bit about that if you want, or I guess you don't need to name just one because that might be kind of hard, but um, some places you went to that maybe you didn't think you would be able to visit or didn't know you would visit and kind of like surprised you in a good way. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I guess what I loved about my experience there, kind of comparing it to here, is that I spent so much time in Australia. Mm -hmm. I didn't 
do a whole lot of traveling outside. So I think that was really good that I got to know where I was living. Right. I mean, also because Australia is so hard to travel out of. Really <laughs> it's like kind of, kind of yeah. isolated. Yeah. Yeah. But the places that it's close to, I did get to visit. Like I went to Bali. I went to Fiji. I went to New Zealand. I think that's all the places I went to outside of it. Which is pretty good for only living there for seven months. It's yeah, a lot of it was. Yeah. And those are places that I don't think I ever thought I would be able to go to at mm-hmm. least anytime soon. So I'm really glad that I took full advantage of that. And then even within Australia, there's just so many things like uh, the Whit Sundays islands are beautiful, wow. like white, white sand, crystal clear blue water just amazing i went there with my parents when they came to visit and i also really liked seeing melbourne which is funny because it's such a contrast to sydney and Mm -hmm. it's the biggest rivalry there is between sydney and melbourne which one is better and people from melbourne would always say no no we're the best and sydney people think they're the best and seeing both i can confidently say that i loved living in Sydney it's more my style with the beaches Mm -hmm. but Melbourne is such an interesting like very artsy city lots of art and music and alleyways with graffiti and great food so that was really cool yeah Yeah. I feel like Australia is one of those places where um all of the cities there are so different in terms of their vibe and style like it's just such a big country which I think people don't realize about it I don't know what that noise that's was. Our, yeah. That's our kitchen door slamming. Our kitchen door <laughs> just broke um, yesterday, the day before, so now it doesn't close or open, so we have to hold it closed with a broom. <laughs> this whole apartment's falling apart, but basically it's like apart. slamming closed and shut. No big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you made a good point that Australia is actually a lot bigger than people think it right. is. I think it looks small on the map, which uh-huh. is maybe why people think it's not that big, but it's actually like really big it's yeah as big as the united states or something to, like, that. like the width i think is yeah. almost as long because to fly from sydney which is on the east coast of australia to perth on the west coast is about six or seven hours i yeah, think which is far. yeah a lot longer than people would think mm-hmm. um so i actually didn't even make it over to the west coast to perth and and all of those cities but i would really when i go back eventually i would really like to visit the west coast because i've heard the beaches there are even better wow the east coast and i need to test that theory yes definitely need Mm -hmm. to test that Mm -hmm. um so when you do go back one day do you think there's any place or any few places that you know you for sure want to go back and visit probably obviously sydney but anywhere else where it's like i know for a fact i want to go back and visit this place again Yeah, 100% Byron Bay, Mm -hmm. which I know we've talked about too. Um, Byron Bay is just such a beautiful beach city. It's very kind of like boho there. All of the shops are very cute bohemian style. Lots of cafes with smoothie bowls. You sit on the beach. It sounds like a dream. (laughs) Yeah, such a little paradise. And as if it couldn't get better, the Hemsworths are from there. And and Chris Hemsworth lives there. So, I mean, (laughs) what more could you love? But, yeah, I would spend a lot of time in Sydney because I think that's been my favorite. It's so hard to say that that's been my favorite place to live. But I think I've never felt more at home than Mm -hmm. I have there because it just the lifestyle there of being outside being surrounded by water. I loved just taking a ferry up to Manly Beach, which is more in the eastern, no, yeah, eastern suburbs, I think, yeah. Um, 
and just walking around or taking hikes by the beach. I would walk down to the beach and do the Bondi to Bronte walk every morning, which Aww. is just gorgeous. Yeah, so for sure, spend a lot of time there. Could you see yourself moving back there again in the future? Or do you think you kind mm. of have moved on to other places? Yeah, it's hard to say because in my mind, I don't know if Sydney is so great because of the place that I was in my life at that moment, like everything that just kind of came together. And I feel like I really came alive and grew as a person while I was there. So Mm -hmm. maybe I put it on a pedestal and maybe if I moved back, it, I would be holding it to such a high standard of how things felt then, Mm -hmm. even though I've changed as a person since then. So I, I could picture myself living there again, but it would be hard because the time difference and it's so far from home and you are kind of isolated there. But I think I would love to go back for six months again or something. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can come with me and we can live in a van there. Or Bali. (laughs) Or Bali. Potentially in the future. Uh Uh-huh. Tentative. Um, Okay. What about, okay, so this kind of ties into that a little bit, I guess. What was your favorite thing about living there which I guess you kind of answered but is there anything else you can think of besides smoothie bowls the beach walks the beach the scenery just being outside um the people Mm -hmm. I loved the people I think Australians have a really funny sense of humor and you kind of have to appreciate that but they're just such easygoing and interesting people i think and i love the accent yeah i love the different words they use yeah yeah Yeah. what are some of the words you learned there that they use um they'll be like i'm gonna wear my bodies (laughs) do you know bodies are they board shorts board shorts yeah um i'm trying to think what else like gosh what else did they say oh how you going mate yeah (laughs) and they call it something i learned rocket yes rocket for arugula rocket is arugula okay the problem is that i so many of my friends there from the meetup are british Uh, and so i get confused sometimes whether australians call these things those words or my british friends rocket too i think think so because that's the thing um well we have some friends here who are from australia and also from england and we'll have Mm -hmm. this conversation a lot about different words they use and it's interesting because australians sometimes use are American words and English people use different words or sometimes English and Australian share the same words and we'll use a different word yeah so I feel like they have yeah hopefully they do call it rocket otherwise we're just gonna sound we're gonna sound like nubs (laughs) yeah yeah um that's true and then another thing I just thought of that I really love about there is the farmer's markets that was such a thing was to go to the farmer's markets on Saturdays and Sundays and so cool. the one in Bondi was so cool because I think Saturdays were for food and Sundays were for clothes and, and items. Mm-hmm. And they would have live music playing. You could get the food and go eat it out on the grass. And everything was just fresh. And I feel like they had they have such an appreciation for homemade goods and eco-friendly things. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that. And my walks there, I would go pick up some fresh flowers for myself and buy some some fresh made dips they make really amazing dips like not just hummus but they'll have a sweet potato curry dip and you get your fresh veggies and you can do all the different dips so cool (laughs) such a random thing that i just it's like a small thing you don't think about but yeah it's a cool one i miss that so what was your least favorite thing about living there or anything yeah that you didn't enjoy so much 
I'm thinking of one in my head that I know I would not like uh, about your experience, but oh, I want to see I know what you know. you're going to say, and I agree. It would be the spiders. Yes, <laughs> yes, that was what I was thinking. Yeah, the huntsman spider is terrifying. Yeah, Mary showed me this video oh the other day, God. which I she had never told me about this part. Obviously, did, like you yeah. hear about all the, the creatures and insects living yeah. in Australia, but she showed me this video of this massive spider in yeah. her apartment, which literally it was so big yeah. in this video and i'm sure it was even bigger in person because sometimes when i take videos of spiders i find that they look big fan yeah my secret hobby yeah um yeah so what was that like was that yeah. truly your least favorite or were you just thinking of that because i was thinking of it well yeah i i guess that would have been my least favorite but and maybe there's something else there's not a whole lot of things that i could say that i don't like about it but that was for sure one because they also don't have screens on their windows, so which strange. this would solve so yes. many problems. <laughs> they just got screens. But this, like, because when you know about Australia, you know that they have so many of the world's most deadliest mm-hmm. animals, like right. snakes and spiders. Most of those you don't have to deal with when you're in the city, mm-hmm. which is good. And huntsman spiders aren't going to kill you, but they're just huge. I think that they can get as large as a dinner plate and they do find their way into homes and so I did have one in our bathroom and it's kind of crazy how it got up there because we were at the top floor the eighth floor of our building and somehow the spider got all the way up there and it was so big that we had to call over the neighbor um, to exterminate it for us I was hoping he would just throw it out the window but then he's he said, oh, do you have a shoe I can borrow? So we hand him a flip-flop, and I just hear all this banging in oh the bathroom. Like repeated banging because it was such a big spider. It took a lot to kill it. Wow. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. That is one thing that I would not do well with uh-uh. living there. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I also had cockroaches, which I think maybe a lot of Sydney apartments have this cockroach mm. issue. Um, but that was gross. I would go out to get... And they're like the the big cockroaches. Oh. I would go out to get water at night and see the big cockroach. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, cockroaches I can deal with. We have cockroaches in Vegas also. Not mm. too big, but we definitely have them. Sometimes you see them. But the spiders, nah. <laughs> no, nope. Not dealing with it. <laughs> Cannot deal. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that that's my least favorite thing. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my second, or second to last question is, what recommendations would you give to someone trying to move slash live slash work remotely? Yes. Okay. So I wish that more people were aware of the visa that I use because it's called a work and holiday visa. And obviously, if you're listening to this not from the U.S., you'll have to look up your own restrictions with this. I can only speak for the U.S. visa Mm -hmm. holders. But basically, there's a handful of countries which I... I'm positive that it's Australia, New Zealand, and I want to say South Korea. It used to be. I'm not sure if that's still on there, but for sure Australia and New Zealand, where you can just go online to the immigration website and apply for this work and holiday visa that allows you to live in the country for up to a year and work while you're there, which if you're familiar with visas you know that it's actually really difficult to find a visa yeah right that is most visas are only three months 
Oh, mm-hmm. not even a visa, but like you can stay in a country for three months until you need some type of worker's permit or visa or something. Yeah, you yeah. can only travel. You can't legally make money there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one allows you to work there. You can only work for the same employer for up to six months, which okay. is why my employer told me that I had to come back after six months because right. otherwise the company would need to sponsor you, which isn't unheard of because all of my friends, my British friends, are sponsored and so it is possible to get that done but if you don't want to fully commit to being there long term and you just want to test it out the work and holiday visa is such a good option you do have to be between the ages of 18 and 30 and I think that you have to prove that you have around five grand of savings you Mm -hmm. can support yourself while you're there Um, and I think to apply for Australia is around $300 maybe um, but to apply in New Zealand is completely free. That's so, so cool. That's yeah. crazy. It's amazing. I wish yeah. more people would do it, and I wish more people knew about it. Um, there's also one that I'll just throw in there randomly that I wish I knew about sooner, is that you can live and work in Ireland for up to a year, which wow. would be so I didn't know cool. That. That's really cool. But the catch on that one is that you have to be uh, within one year of graduating. Ah, so by the time I learned about that one, that was too late. But wow, that's this, cool. I had no yeah, idea. So yeah. if you're listening to this, that would be a good option if you just graduated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's really so cool. you can make it happen. So then once you're there, a lot of the work that you will find under that visa is hospitality based because mm-hmm. it's seasonal. And when they know that you have that visa, they don't want to hire you for a job that they want you around longer, right. obviously. But I was... Um, talking to a lot of different friends that actually were able to find office work as Mm -hmm. well, temporary office work, or you can try to be a nanny. My friend is a nanny there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you don't have to work in, you know, bartending or at a restaurant if you don't want to, or you can do what I did and do remote work, which whether you're working for a company. And I think especially after all of this coronavirus stuff, um, learning that companies have to be adaptable right a lot of work work. can move remotely now i Uh think after all of this yeah you don't have to be sitting in an office chair so i think this will be a really interesting time after all of this to see what changes and maybe Mm -hmm. you could bring it up to your company if you've been there long enough you present some good reasons and try to work remotely and say i'm only going to be there for six months whatever um that could definitely be a good option or there's websites that you can use like Upwork. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can find random remote jobs on there. I've found a couple, but I will say that takes a lot of applying. To, yeah. Like, yeah, you're not as sure if you'll actually get the work. Or you can do, teach English online. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot options. of websites for that. Yeah. We could do a whole episode on that remote work, remote income. I yeah. Know that's a big one right now, especially yeah. with all of this happening. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a good one. And my last question is, how do you think living in Australia changed you? Oh, I think in so many ways. I really feel like that's when I became who I am today. A lot. It sounds so cheesy and cliche, no, I maybe, definitely, but... <laughs> I get what you're saying, yeah. I feel like I came out of my shell and I started realizing that all of those things that I was dreaming about could become a reality if I wanted it badly enough and you don't have to live life based on other people's terms if you're not happy with what maybe your life looks perfect on paper like mine did but if you're not happy to your core what's the point 
don't waste time. Don't do that. Life is short. If you want to move to another country, take a chance and do it. And maybe it won't work out. Maybe you'll realize that this isn't what you wanted, but it's better to try than to stay scared and not try at all. And so I think that that changed me realizing that I'm in control of my life and I can make these choices and be completely happy and not be scared to explore. And I think I became a lot more open to things, you know, like we were saying, it made you realize a lot about us, uh, the U.S. and mm-hmm. differences in our country, and it makes you question what's really important in life and what matters. And it's to me personally, it's not money and it's not a high-paying job. Like I just want right. to be able to yeah. explore and meet people and yeah. live life, be happy, mm-hmm. live, laugh, love, no. live, laugh, love. <laughs> Got that on my wall. It's yeah. my tattoo. <laughs> such a good answer I love that yeah Yeah. and I think it's also kind of I I don't want to speak for you but like I mean after living in Australia then you went back Mm -hmm. home and you realized you didn't like it and that's what prompted you to move to Spain also it kind of changed my entire life after that I guess Mm -hmm. that was a big turning point because I did I went home and I was so depressed to go home I was not feeling good about it I wasn't ready and I felt like I was going back to my same exact life. And looking back now, I realize a lot of my problem then was that I thought this new version of me could only exist in Sydney, mm-hmm. that I could only be so free and happy being there. But that's not true. And I know that I wish that I didn't have such a negative outlook coming home because coming home was temporary. Mm-hmm. And it was just a stepping stone until the next thing, which became Spain, which right. obviously was an amazing choice. Um, but yeah, going home is just a quick reroute, which I think we've been talking a lot about lately because we're closing this chapter in mm-hmm. Spain soon and going home, but it doesn't have to be permanent if you don't want it to be, which sounds bad that we're always right. running from home, <laughs> yeah. but I think home is people and yeah. pe- you know we can go visit our people always, but at the end of the day, they want us to be happy and live our lives with yeah. passion. And, and if that means traveling, moving new places, discovering new mm-hmm. cultures, which I think both of us, that's kind of what we're passionate about and what makes us happy, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's what we should strive to be doing. So. Yeah, yeah. And it is kind of hard to explain that to friends and family because I think a lot of people think maybe we're running away from real life. Mm-hmm. Um so I've thought a lot about that lately too. And it's, it's not that I don't want to commit to one place and it's not like I'm living in la la land. It's just that this is my passion. It's what makes me happy. And I want to keep pursuing that. And yeah, I think that that's just how I picture my life, at least for the foreseeable future. And right. maybe one day I will settle down in one city, but for now I'm just going to keep doing this. Cause I yeah. think that's what's most important is being happy. I agree. 100% right there with you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been so fun doing this episode. I feel like it was such a good one. Is there anything else before we end that you wanted to add or anything we didn't cover? I think we got it all. Thank you so much for being my interviewer. Yeah, Yeah, you did such a good job. I loved it (laughs) being on the opposite side. Um, No, I think I'll definitely link to the work and holiday visa information page in case anyone's interested in that Perfect. yeah and if anyone ever has questions about it please don't hesitate to reach out because i think i could talk about it all day long and yeah just don't quit your daydreams friends if you want to get out there do it i love that 
And then to end this episode, I know it was kind of a longer one, so if you're still with us, we appreciate you listening like always, and um, we did this a couple episodes back and we wanted to do it again, and this is just kind of um, our way of giving back in a small way, doing whatever we can, so Mm -hmm. if you did listen to the end of this episode, we want to give you a chance to donate $10 to whatever charity in Australia. We want you to choose an Australia-specific one, whether it's the wildlife relief efforts or Great Barrier Mm -hmm. Reef or something to do with the fires that had just happened there. Whatever you feel most passionate about, or if you don't have a charity in mind, we have a bunch we can recommend to you. And um, yeah, so if you listen to this, we're going to be doing... Unfortunately, we wish that we could do this (laughs) for every single person who listened to the end, but we're not there quite yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) in our financial... um, you know, statements right now. So we want to uh, have this opportunity for one person. So if you did listen to the end, if you DM us on our Instagram, which is two lost travels with the letter or sorry, the number two Mm -hmm. and then lost travels. And if you just tell us if you have been to Australia before, what your favorite thing about it was or what your favorite place is there. And if you haven't been before, if there's any place in Australia you'd want to visit specifically and why. Mm -hmm. So if you just DM us that with um, your response, we'll put in everyone who responded to that in a kind of like random generator thing. And we'll choose one person and DM you and you can tell us what charity you want the money to go to. And we'll do that in your name. So um, yeah, and that will be open five days until five days after this episode is posted. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. I think that's about it. I think we covered everything. Yeah. And yeah, it was so fun. Thanks so much for being such a good interviewee. Yeah. Oh, thanks, pal. <laughs> All right. We'll All catch right. you guys in the next episode. Time.